Craig, I don't want you treating Zoe that way. (laughs) (laughs) She's taking care of you for a long time, all right? I've done my best. (laughs) Joining. I mean, there was the one time I just completely kicked him from the channel and we had to reinstall him. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I kicked him from the server, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because I was trying to get him out of the voice channel instead. I just completely kicked kicked him out of the entire thing. So I've mostly done an okay job at taking care of Let's record. Let's record. All right. All right. And clap sync. Three, two, one. Yeah, so you've done a mostly good job of taking care of Craig. I mean, no relationship is perfect, right? Yeah, you know, children are always disappointments to their parents, I suppose. Um, You know, Craig has disappointed me on occasion, but you know, love is unconditional when you're a parent. So I can't help but just um, extend that out. Which reminds me, (laughs) I have to make a um, slight correction to our episode last week where I said during Mama Steam's rating section that I was a disappointment to Mama Steam. Uh, She texted me saying, I need you to correct that on the podcast. I'm always proud of you. (laughs) I don't want you to think that you're a disappointment. So thanks, Mama Steam. Really appreciate that. I'm glad you stuck up for me there. Um, You know, self-deprecating humor. It's not for everyone. I suppose. It, I don't think it's for parents most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I guess that's just a symbol of their love. But Craig, I swear to God, if you drop this recording, we're going to have a to- we're going to have a conversation after this. <laughs> you don't like it when I'm angry. You're damn right. But nevertheless, you know, I am in an absolutely chilled out mood right now. Um, probably after playing the game that we played this week, which also I feel like we need to like get it out of the way that we've been pronouncing this game wrong. Oh, we have? Yeah. So this is also a Mama Steam insert where she said, hey, this word you're pronouncing, it's actually Italian. It's called, it's pronounced mutazione. Oh. It's Italian for mutation. Um, And then I also confirmed just watching some um, developer diary vlog things today that that is indeed how they pronounce it. Mutazione. Okay. I am not going to get this right on at least three occasions throughout this podcast. (laughs) That's okay. Well, we'll just, this is why we're getting it out of the way now where it's like, okay, we understand how to pronounce it now whether we'll remember to pronounce it that way is just a completely different story but we'll do our best that's right it is a really fun word to say i think all of yesterday i was like on a run and instead of getting songs stuck in my head when i run i get like words stuck in my head in a cadence Hmm. so like one time i was at a swim practice and i just had the phrase rotisserie chicken stuck in my head Throughout the entire swim practice, where I was just like rotisserie chicken, rotisserie chicken, rotisserie chicken. That's and a good yesterday, cadence. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Yeah. So now, when you go on a swim or a run, you should get that word stuck in your head. It's a great, it's a great uh, rhythm there. Um, I feel like a rotisserie chicken, rotisserie chicken, <laughs> rotisserie chicken. Perfect. <laughs> But yeah, yesterday's was a mutazione, which I was like, mutazione, mutazione, mutazione. It's yeah, just, sometimes it's really I fun get words say. stuck in my head. I can't any think of any right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
we'll ask you about it at the end of the episode (laughs) well after the last episode i i looked up uh sidereal and i was surprised that i did not know the word before because it literally means like of or relating to distant stars which seems like something i would be enthusiastic about Uh, yeah as the space expert on this podcast yep indeed and there's there's one reason that i did know that word and that's the tabletop role-playing game exalted um where it's a it's like uh it's basically a a super class that you your character can be there's like Mm -hmm. classes and then there's like super types and one of them is solar and one of them is sidereal Ah, yeah and then there's lunar yeah i feel like in most contexts the word astral gets used in its place and so that's probably why i missed it yeah um but yeah i am happy to add that to my collection and it does sound like a word that means pertaining to uh apple juice like cider (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no. That's some, that's some bone apple tea. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I also... This um, drink tastes sidereal. <laughs> <laughs> what was the... Oh, there was a, there was a, a episode that we had where we were trying to figure out if cidery was a word. Wasn't that it? Where mm. we were just like... I think we ended up, it's not cidery, it's just cider mill, or like, oh, yeah. that oh, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Okay. I think we decide that a cidery is not an actual word. Like a meadery? Yeah. Right, exactly. Ah, uh, but indeed. Okay, well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, that's a good intro. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this is the Tyranny of Thumbs Gaming Podcast, where we are just some people that will play a game each week, and then we'll talk about it. And... This week, we are joined by myself, Zoe. Hello. Uh, James is over there somewhere. Hello. In the ether. And uh, Raphael is also here. Hi. Another another week without our fearless leader, McCoy, uh, and Elena as well. Still moving. I think it's going well. I don't know. They've certainly been making some appearances on Discord now and again, which at least goes to show that their internet is working. A However, very good I didn't- sign. I I was messaging McCoy like a couple times last week and he would occasionally go offline then back online being like fuck my internet's out okay it's back wait no it's out again fuck we need to get this figured out so oh no they're they're getting there yeah so remember how that would happen to me a lot Mm. turns out it's 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 probably the same problem oh dear um just in a different part of the country yeah um not being in major hubs means that your internet is more shaky yeah indeed well if there's anybody who's going to create a solution to that for a more stable internet connection it will be mccoy that's right. i'm sure that's right you know he'll probably be gone for another like two months because he'll be like hey decided i myself am going to lay fiber cable myself <laughs> to this house um watched a couple youtube videos actually very easy to do um but process is slow who knows we'll see what he does 
but I have faith that they'll get it. They'll get it situated. I'm really hoping that they'll be done in time for Cameron's dating simulator block in two weeks, which I am mm-hmm. extra excited for. Peek behind the curtain, I guess, to you, listener, in case you play games like Mutazione and you're like, I like dating simulators too. Hey, check us out in two weeks. You might like it. But anyway. Yeah. So is we just Mutazione a dating simulator? It's a, I, I would say it's a companion simulator, mm. like, or, or, a a community simulator. That's probably a better way to put it. Just in the sense that you mm. contribute and foster a community mm-hmm. with the people of Mutazione. Kind of like, uh, uh, the, the, the Stardew Valley. I guess. You don't date anybody Mutazione. Yeah. I guess. You just get like one smooch on the cheek, I think. You got a smooch on the the cheek? Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, I might have gotten a smooch on the cheek by Mew, now that I think about it. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. And then your your character blushes afterwards, I think. True, true. But I think that was the the most (laughs) Potential dating simulator. (laughs) Indeed. But that actually does open up the question I do have in my notes here. So, this game describes itself as a mutant soap opera where small-town gossip meets the supernatural. And, I don't know, I I don't really read descriptions on Steam all that much when it comes to games that you guys suggest. Usually when you guys suggest a game, I will, like, pull up the trailer, I'll look at the art. I won't even, like, look at the art with sound. I'll just be like, okay, this looks interesting. Sure. I'll take a stab at it. So I never actually saw the descriptor to this game. But then upon doing all this like post-game research, both like watching people's reviews of the game, but as well as like looking at developer stuff, this word soap opera is highly contentious apparently with how they self-describe this game. Um, And the developers and the writer, they don't quite know what the hubbub is all about they're kind of like yeah it's the thing is it's like a very like dramatic storylines like it's a soap opera it's not necessarily a negative connotation and yet a lot of reviewers when they would like introduce this game they'd be like it's a soap opera and i know what you mean or i I know what you're thinking when you hear the word soap opera it's not that bad so i want to pose the question to you guys is this game self-describing as a soap opera a bad thing? I would say yes. Like so like my association with a soap opera is sort of like a low production value hastily written drama that's really focusing on like melodrama and you're not intended to engage with it in a very serious way. It's just sort of like watching it for the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think I mean, so this is a Danish developer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It could be that that, like, I mean, I, as an American, I do not know what the connotation of the term soap opera is across the pond. Um, But I do feel like there are negative connotations to that term at this point in our culture. Um our meaning American culture. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Um as as Raphael mentioned just like extreme melodrama. Um 
I mean, like very heightened kind of everything. Um, yeah, like I, I, I feel like I understand why they would describe it that way. Um, and I think it does kind of like neatly fit in with like, there's kind of the, the soap opera within the soap opera, I guess, of like tongue watching the Italian soap operas and then like realizing that it's mutazione and that's like an Italian sort of lining up with the Italian soap operas that he's watching, which is an interesting like design choice, I thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I agree. the writing like... is a lot more like, I don't want to say mundane, but it's like r- real feeling. Uh, there's like some drama, but like e- even the drama, it's like you're writing in the notebook. It's like, oh my God, so dramatic. <laughs> it's like that kind of like brings it back to earth a bit. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like, here's the thing. it It's a group of people living on an island together that's secluded from the rest of the world. There will be drama. Mm-hmm. Like period. Right. You cannot put a whole bunch of humans together in a like stuck together in a small community and not develop drama. <laughs> Indeed, Survivor has taught me that watching episodes of that over and over. <laughs> Real <Turns> life <laughs> has taught me that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's um, interesting yeah. like uh I, I it's interesting also that I think it was you, Raphael, that brought up the word, like, when it comes to soap operas, like, the word cheap. Like, low, low budget. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially since, yeah, I think, like, obviously I didn't grow up watching soap operas myself. Instead, it would be, like, me being at my grandparents' house and my grandma loved to watch, I think it was All My Children. I seem Mm. to recall that's a soap opera, All My Children. And someone was either dying, uh, making out, or there's a wedding. There was no, no in, in like between. every episode. Seemingly, I mean, I was very young at the time, so probably the only things that ever like made an impression in my mind. As I keep in mind, she's watching this as I'm supposedly in bed, right? So what I'm doing is I'm creeping to the living room, I'm hiding behind the couch, I'm like mm-hmm. peering out from behind the couch. Um, those were the only scenes that really stuck in my head. So for all I know, there could definitely be maybe a murder in there or like, I don't know, maybe some sort of familial drama, but that's the only stuff that really stuck in my head, uh, watching Mm. this as a young child. Um, I think like a lot of what I think with soap operas is like, um, drama that makes no sense, I guess. Drama for the sake of drama, for sure. And I think one of you guys kind of described it that way as well um, Raphael did, yeah right yeah and um i think yeah the writing in this game just really makes everything feel more and i want to describe it as the writing feels more lived in and grounded yeah um with how it presents itself um where the characters kind of converse in a way where as a player playing a character who is visiting Mutazione for the first time, like, the dialogue doesn't sound at all kind of like the, as we both know. Like, it kind of just seems like life has been going on before you even arrived here, and it's still kind of continuing on despite you being there. Like, life isn't stopping because you're there. 
at all, Mm -hmm. which I think is the problem with a lot of games. And it's kind of like what is comically known as like main character syndrome when you play some of these narrative driven games where it's like you show up into town and suddenly everyone's like helpless. Everyone needs you to do side quests for them. And it makes you wonder how they even survived before you got there. Like, Thank God you're here. I need bread from the store. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. These, these characters would look at you being like, dude, I need bread from the store. Get out of my way. I need to get to the store. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. I think the the writing had like a lot of interesting qualities in in that sense. Like one of the things I picked up on is like there are a few moments where characters just like hard miss what the other is saying, and then they're just like whatever. I'm just gonna keep talking, <laughs> and that was just like so relatable. <clears throat> yeah, I think the one the one that made me chuckle a lot was uh, when you were in Maury's cafe. And I think Tongue and Dennis are talking about the boat, but Maury just wants to talk about Claire's date with Mm -hmm. the spike that's happening by the lighthouse. And you can tell Maury really wants to gossip about it because she keeps on being like, oh, it's the hour. They're at the lighthouse right now. And then Dennis and they're like, that's nice, Maury. Anyway, Tongue, your boat, like, I think it needs this. It needs that. Like, if you do some patching here and Maury's just interjecting being like, oh, it's a beautiful night for a sunset for them. And they're like... They glance at her and then they turn to each other and they just continue their conversation. And I just, that to me just felt very, like, genuine in a way where it's like you just have your gossiping grandmother in the corner and everyone's just kind of, like, listening to her to, like, make her seem heard, but, like, not actually responding to anything she's saying. Instead, just trying to carry on their own conversations because, you know, Tongue and Dennis, like, don't care and tongues like please i don't want to think about my mother on a date right now like please <laughs> for the love of god <clears throat> so true so true um yeah or yeah. or sorry it just made me think of another one i i also just really loved a uh, bopex um interjections in a lot of conversations yes. as well um where like um I, th- I think it's during the storyline, I guess a spoiler alert, we've already kind of said some story spoilers, but we're also going to sto- spoil like a lot of like the big, I guess, story twists and turns as we go along. But during the scene where Aelin is talking to both Tongue and uh, Gorek, is that the sailor's name? Gorek? Uh, no. Gorab? No, Gorek is Gor- 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 Gorby, Gor- right? She calls him Gorb. Grabby, grabby, grab. Grobe, grobe, Gro- grobe, grob, grob. grobby. Yeah. The names um, are weird, folks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, there's. I think it's Gorm. Gorm, Gorm? is his name. No, no, it's no. Nope. Gorm grob. is tongue's father. Fuck. Yeah, Why grob. did they make him so grob? Grob. G R A U B or something like that. That should be illegal that they have a character named Gorm and another character named Grob. Anyway, so the point is, Aelin's having a conversation with Grob and Tongue about this baby she's having and how she wants them all to, like, help raise it. And I think she says something like, you know, like, we need need three hearts to, you know, come together as one. And Gorik just, like, interjects being, like, four hearts. And people are like, Gorik, or... or, uh, Bopek. Yeah, people are like, Bopek, not now, like what do you mean four hearts like you're not a part of this bopec like go on he's like no the baby's heart four hearts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think bopec was my favorite character 
<laughs> yeah. Like, it's... catch anything good? It's not baited. I'm just practice fishing. <laughs> Dude. What is practice fishing? I was like, oh my god. You're just fishing, but like, but like badly. Like, yeah, going through the motions without any actual feedback. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always like teaching the dots how to fish and everything. Oh, it's. But that's the thing. So, so I think that's just another thing about Putting this. Too much though. hot sauce on stuff. <laughs> yes, hot sauce makes everything better. <laughs> it's true. His though. favorite drink at the bar is just combining all the juices together, and then you ask him like, "Is there hot sauce in it?" And he's like, "It makes it better." <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think. Part of this game's strengths with the storylines are just kind of these... You, you do have your overarching plot line of taking care of your ailing uh, grandfather. You play this main character, Kai, who is showing up to this island. And do they ever say Kai's age? No, oh. Uh, I think it's implied she's in high school? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's... Yeah. So according somewhere to the wiki, 16. she's fifteen. Okay. I don't know it where it might said have she said it 15. right at the beginning. Okay, but yeah, so so you're just playing this fifteen-year-old who's come to this island to take care of your dying grandfather, um, and so that's kind of like the I guess the a plot that's happening. But as you are kind of exploring the island and kind of helping out your grandfather you're also unraveling all of these b and c plots at the mm. same time um and they do kind of just proceed with or without you i guess regardless of whether or not you explore a lot now i'll just say when i played like i made sure to do thorough explorations of all the areas before i guess proceeding to the next story beat just to make sure I got all of, like, the supplemental com conversations, but just as well as, like, you know, wanting to progress any of these others. And it seems to me like a lot of these B-plots, maybe in particular the, you know, the pregnancy plot line, as well as maybe the um, Claire and Spike dating plot line, um, it seems like those kind of find a way to, like, ease themselves into the a plot line so you do unravel them i guess the exploration just kind of depends on whether or not you get supplemental conversation involved with it maybe mm. yeah i think most of the important beats in those plots were were the like interactions that advanced the day which i mean mm -hmm. so i guess like the structure of the game is like you can kind of wander around and talk to people but then there's a specific person at each time that will have like a clock symbol when you interact with them instead of uh I think it's an eye. Uh, normally, yeah, no, or no, it's a, it's a little speech bubble. Yeah, speech bubble. Yeah. Um, and if it's the clock symbol, then that means it's going to advance to like the next phase of the day. Uh, so it might be like afternoon to evening or something. Um, and that's kind of how it structures the progression. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. also have your journal that you open up and it will just kind of 
I guess, coax you into certain areas by being like, oh, I should check out the lighthouse, or Yoke wants to be talked to now, I should go talk to him. Um, and I guess that kind of also um, gets you out there. I, I guess I was just curious if when it comes to stuff in your journal, you could do them in any order. I, I did them all in order. So I always saw like the last thing you write in your journal as being the one with the clock symbol over the head. But I'm curious if you did like the last thing in your journal first, if it would still have that clock symbol or not. Do you guys know? Huh. I don't know if I really checked that, but I, I feel like, um, I feel like I did and that the person actually wasn't even there until I went and did something else in my journal. <clears throat> um, but that could have been that I was like at the wrong time of day even and uh, needed to progress like to the afternoon for something. Um, yeah, because a lot of, a lot of the testing. dialogue definitely seem to like hint at like they would use like exact labels of like day progressions like come see me at midday and i will talk to you about this and suddenly it says midday on your screen and you're like aha i should go talk to you i suppose yeah um yeah i'm not sure i figured that out either uh for i think the first half of the game i didn't really use the journal much um I just sort of mm. wandered around and interacted with everything, and if I found the clock thing, I would avoid it until I had exhausted other things, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you were um, doing, like, the full interaction playthrough. Yeah, and then when I realized that the game was much longer than I had budgeted time for, uh, I started following the journal a bit more closely, and then... Um, but I didn't, like, try experimenting with the ordering mm -hmm. it's a fairly natural progression that they put in the the yeah. uh, journal though like it doesn't mm -hmm. feel weird to do it in that order at all it feels normal i did notice so. there were a few um where i think it was mainly at the very end actually uh, where you need to go up to the tree canopy and then you also need to go down to the roots and they tell you about the roots one first uh, but the canopy is the one that you actually have to do first and if you go down to the roots they're just like jelly isn't even there mm. well that's uh, annoying which kind of surprised me because it's like where where else can jelly be <laughs> um since Hiding uh, in the walls. Yeah, or something. <laughs> hmm. I was expecting him to be like in sleep slash nutrient absorption mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he wasn't um, even there. No, he was just <clears throat> completely gone. Weird. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like there'd be some time... I, I felt like no matter what, I could locate each character. So that one's definitely strange. I mean, to be honest, though, I, when it came to my exploration, I didn't really go down into Jelly's cave every time, only because uh, the, the run animation this game is okay. 
But I think when it comes to like trying to traverse an entire world every single cycle to get new dialogue, like going through three panels of walking to get down to where Jelly was at just didn't seem worth it to me, I suppose. Yeah, it is a bit much. Although a lot of the time you also get some dialogue in each of those uh, panels on the way. Yeah, but then you have to run back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed the dialogue of the, I think they were called sausages. Yep, the sausages. And their uh, market opportunities. In a society that doesn't use money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely really cute. Again, yeah, it's like, those are like, I call those like the C or D plots of the game. Where it's like nothing that really actually contributes to the main story or even the b plots for that matter but like they're just funny to stumble into mm-hmm. and just see them as you know they go through all their scheming for you know taking bugs that are on the water and fashioning them into bicycles or whatever it was like ridiculous <laughs> half of the stuff that they were like scheming up yeah to they corner so, like, the market their job is something like shoveling dirt around the roots or something and they tried to uh, construe that as a gym for dots where they could work out. And the dots were like, please get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they like harassing their dot. The dots is like what they do for fun. Right. Then also, like, I, I think, like, the one time they actually talk to you and they're like, you, human girl. And they're like, yes, perfect. Way to be personal with them <laughs> or something like that. And they're like, human girl is talking to me. What do I do? <laughs> I think that, too. Um... <clears throat> so, so when it comes to moving around the world, though, like, I I felt like... I was struggling to figure out how to move about the world maybe for about the first like couple hours or at least when you're first like traversing through each area by yourself and trying to figure out what areas connect to which things and you know you you go down a pathway and it's branching into two other pathways and you're starting to be like oh wait shit like where am I now um like I felt like the movement the 3D movement and the 2D space seemed to really throw me off at first did Either of you feel that way as well? I used mm-hmm. the mouse. Oh. Yeah, I was, like, were you thing. using the keyboard? The yeah, I was doing keyboard only. Yeah, it yeah. turns out clicking stuff is, like, pretty good. It's annoying I still. I mostly the mouse. Although, I, I'd use the keyboard for some of it. Although, the main reason I stuck to the mouse mostly is because it had a really bad handoff between the two. Yeah. Where, like, if the mouse moved, then the keyboard controls would get interrupted. And... Mm-hmm my mouse makes like very subtle ghost movements if I leave it alone. And so it just like randomly interrupts the keyboard. Uh, That's awful. Um, <laughs> that's truly that awful. would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, with the mouse, it was, <clears throat> it was pretty easy. Do you have a wireless mouse or a wired mouse? Wired mouse. Huh? I think it's probably a, well, I don't know. I don't want to get into the details. Yeah, yeah. It's normally not bothersome. Unless interesting. things like this game have truly <laughs> awful 
mm -hmm. handoff yeah. mechanics where it like force stops anything you're doing and is like you're in keyboard mode now you're in mouse <laughs> mode now yeah i think like the only <clears throat> other case where it's been somewhat annoying is like full screening a video and the controls come up if the mouse moves but mm -hmm. i like throw the mouse into the corner and that usually prevents it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i found myself using the keyboard most of the time and then i only use the mouse when it came to gardening mode i think just because using the keyboard to try to place and position all of your plants was cumbersome mm. yeah that's very true i did do um mouse and keyboard mode a little bit um right before the podcast um i mean just normal keyboard no mouse just keyboard mode uh when i was shoveling food into my mouth while still <laughs> trying to play the game um so I was like one-handing my dinner and one-handing the game. It, mm -hmm. it, uh, it worked okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that you could one-hand the game with either hand. Like if you have, yeah. Yeah, like if you're a righty or a lefty, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was perfect. <clears throat> Last night, like I was finishing up this game and Brandon comes upstairs with pizza and I was like, oh, I can eat the pizza and play the game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like perfect. Mm -hmm. It is the quintessential chill game. Was it was it unasked for pizza? In, uh, in, no, in it was asked for pizza. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to reference that truly awful ninja tweet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I missed the opportunity. Yeah, my, my my husband comes up to me gaming. Your your shirtless husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open parentheses good. unasked for closed parentheses. <laughs> Oh my god, I want to make this tweet now. I just tweet it to my non-gaming followers, just out of context. People so like, how's your life going? <laughs> Raphael, if you don't know this tweet, I we need to send you a screenshot of this tweet. It's oh my god, everybody should know this tweet. I, it's I it's truly painful. <laughs> it is truly painful. <laughs> oh. Maybe that will be the Instagram post this week. It won't be about Mutaziona. It will just be a picture of pizza and that specifically. Ah, oh, perfect. Oh. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, just what a chill gaming experience this game was. Just completely chill. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, like sometimes it's just nice to sit back with like, you know, just a, a minimal input game as much as this one where all you need is just the keyboard or all you need is the mouse um for sure mm. but mm -hmm. yeah. totally understandable that a uh, ghost movements and a mouse could really fuck your shit up mm -hmm. i feel like you would just need to like unplug your mouse at that point or yeah just go to mouse like solely yeah i i considered unplugging the mouse but then it was like actually it's easier to control with a mouse I think the main thing that was annoying with the mouse was dialogue because you had to click on the options, whereas with the keyboard you can like select them, and I found that a bit easier. Turns out you can just like mash spacebar through most of the dialogue. Yeah. While yeah. using the mouse, which is pretty great. Yeah, I did that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, much like Citizen Sleeper, in a way, uh, this game also seems to be one where dialogue choices don't make 
an impact on your results of your game mm-hmm. maybe makes an impact on how characters interact with you or maybe the things that they confide in you about. I um, did find a few circumstances where they literally didn't write the, the response to the other reply and they just give the response as if you did the other reply. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. There was a couple of them that I noticed that were exactly like that. Where like, yeah, I think one involves like Aelin's baby, I think. And I like chose the option that doesn't bring up her baby, and yet she responds like with information about the baby as if you asked the other question for yeah. sure. I had one with like Yoke where he's he like says something really sad and you can be like, I'm sorry, or you can be like, remain silent. And if you remain silent, he's like, I'm sorry too, or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> 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 but I understand wh- where it came from. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I would say more so than Citizen Sleeper, this game uh, would be visual novel with extra steps, as Cameron described Citizen mm-hmm. Sleeper. And that there isn't really that much in the way of gameplay mechanics. What did you guys think about the uh, gardening system, actually? Um, I, I really liked... Um the implementation of it in the game, just in the sense that I I, I liked the collecting of seeds. I liked this idea that you plant seven gardens, each of them having a different tone to them. I liked the fact that the plants had different musical instruments tied to them, and that there was kind of this, like, semi-sandboxy. It's not really sandboxy, because, you know, plants are need to be in designated spaces and whatnot but like for the most part you can kind of create your garden however you'd like um and i kind of like the fact that the plants kind of sing to you once you like have them mature enough i did think that there were parts of this gardening system that either seemed to be like it looked like it was deceptively complicated, and it makes me wonder if they had intended for the gardening system to be a little bit more involved than it ended up actually being. Uh, only because there's a lot of information that is thrown at you about like the plant's maturity and like all that stuff. And even I found out visiting some gardens I had passed planted, like they would tell me that like the plants were old. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, like, oh, there's going to be this, like, maintenance mechanic as a part of it. So I, like, completely redid one of my gardens with new plants. Um, but then I kind of, like, left all my other gardens, like, not paying attention to them. It never had any serious consequence in the story. So it just really makes me wonder if they wanted it to be more of a mechanic in the game than it ended up actually being. Either because it got, like, cut for time or just, like unnecessary stress on the player so they just axed it like i I don't know um did you guys get that sense yeah i mean i think that there was something going on there that like that maybe they wanted you to like grow plants and then harvest them and then like salvage the parts of the plant and then grow more of them or something like that to get more like seeds and and resources but then like 
cut what you would do with the rest of the resources. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, yeah, it does feel like there's something missing from that. <clears throat> yeah, I would say it felt a bit half baked to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that like I liked the concept, but there were a number of things that I feel like didn't didn't really work. So like, on one, the gardens are really clearly like themed around these these moods and yeah. so the obvious thing is just like only plant plants of that mood but like you still have to scroll through your entire list of plants and figure out which ones have that mood like there's no filters for it um and then i feel like the the mechanic ends up boiling down to just passively collect seeds at every opportunity when you get to a garden with a mood plant one of each plant of that mood and then never visit it again. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. That's and exactly what I did. Is that what everybody did? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I threw in a few like extra copies of plants because I was like, maybe I'll make the garden look a bit nicer. Um, mm. But I, I kind of wished for like some reason to diversify or uh, or some like hint. I didn't even know like, could I diversify? Uh, they could have like hinted about like, Maybe you can like mix in other sounds. Uh, the other thing that I think kind of felt missing for me uh, for it was like most of the time I couldn't actually hear a cohesive song from the plants and I wasn't sure if like are they just like kind of cutting in and out because they like play a bit and then they go quiet for a while or what but I didn't really feel like I could realize any composition from the plants. Um, but I'm not a very musical person, so maybe this is just like, if you have more sensitivity to that, then you can pick something out of it. But um, for me, it just felt like, okay, let's go through my, my plant seed inventory and find all spookies. I think mm -hmm. actual compositions are like the fashion souls of this game. <laughs> um, like if they even work at all <clears throat> i had exactly the same experience as you where like i would plant a garden of one of each thing and then i would listen to it and be like this sounds like nothing okay oh all right one plant made a noise okay all right mm -hmm. and nothing again <laughs> okay and it, it, it wasn't very satisfying, that part of it, to me. Um, but maybe yeah. I did it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll just echo I had the same experiences you guys did. And I guess I just kind of saw it more as, like, meaning to be more ambiance than actual mm. compositions in those areas. Um, although I do find it interesting that there was, like, a listen mechanic because I would do the same thing where I'd be like, ah, I'm going to sit in this harsh garden and listen. And there would be like five seconds of silence before like a chirp comes from one of the yeah. plants. And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, like I like I felt like more of the actual compositions like really flourish when you played the drum to like make things grow for sure. Um but yeah, I kind of like definitely was hoping for maybe a little bit more musicality. Mm -hmm. um, just if you decide to sit there and just listen, 
you know, if you're going to have like a sit function to like zen out to, then I feel like the plants need to be maybe a little bit more active. And who knows, like maybe I just need to plant like a shit ton more plants than I actually did. Yeah. And maybe it would have like more of a more of an ambient sound to it. Yeah. Or maybe if you 100% and find all the seeds and plant like one of every type of plant in that garden, like maybe they would be more active. Um but I guess like there was nothing nothing in the game that encouraged me to try to 100% the seeds. Um like obviously with each garden you have to plant a specific plant. Um, but there really was no encouragement to, like, find every plant of that variety at all. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I would just kind of, like, plant, plant, I would kind of maybe plant multiples of one, like, if I maybe only had, like, one wall plant, I'd be like, oh, well, okay, I'll cover up the wall with three of them. Mm. Um, or sometimes I would overgrow a plot so much, like in the case of the melancholy garden, where like to the point where I couldn't even see if Mew was sitting on the bench anymore over there. Yeah. Um. So I had to remove that tree and replace it because I was like, wait, I, I can't just go behind this tree and see if she's there. At the end, when you gather for the group photo, I scoured the entire island before I figured out that Mew was behind a tree on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like... This was at like four four twenty a.m. or something. <laughs> oh my god! Because I was like, "Oh shit, I'm not gonna have time to play this game," like after work before the podcast because there is no time in that slot. So I need to just play until I'm done. Um, because it was a lot longer than I thought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, somewhat painful. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, just a, a sleep-deprived Raphael just being, where the fuck are you, Mew? Where? Where's my speedrun mechanics? Where's my sprint button? But yeah, I, like, went all the way back up to the the secret swimming spot. Oh, shit, you went oh, all the way up yeah. there? Oh, no. Oh, and then walked man. all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean, so I guess the, like, garden ambiance, I feel like didn't really, it, it didn't execute well enough for me. That being said, I think the just, like, general ambient sounds and art of the game were amazing. Like, I was really impressed by just, like, how many different bugs and birds and stuff were just crawling around on things, and they were really well animated. Um, it just, like, it made the game feel very alive yeah. in a really interesting way. Were there more that populated the more gardens that you grew? Like, I swear, like... I was wondering so. if that was true. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it might have been a part of it. Because I seem to recall, like, exploring the island for the first time. Like, the first thing I saw were those, like, triceratops-looking things mm -hmm. that were out by the shrine. And I was like, oh, wow, there's animals on this island. And I feel like I would have noticed all of the bugs and lizards before that. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's like as you are restoring these gardens and therefore like restoring the biome of muta uh, mutazione, that like it's bringing like 
I guess the ecosystem back in a way, which mm. is cool. Yeah, I definitely kept seeing new ones anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, uh, on the topic of, of sound, um, I really like the variety of, uh, I guess, talking text noises that the characters made in this game. Um, like, Tongue's quote-unquote voice was, like, very, like, low xylophone-y, almost. Mm -hmm. Not even xylophone. I don't even know, like, the exact, but it sounds, like, very low and, like, you're kind of knocking on a wooden block, almost. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mew, who is a cat, like, her voice kind of sounds like there's, like, these tines being plucked, in a way, in the back of her, like, speaking voice that kind of gives you, like, some sort of characterization to her intonation. Like, I thought all of that was really cool in this game. Just yeah. giving each each character just that breath of life. There. I think it's, it's an interesting contrast with, like, Citizen Sleeper, where we're, like, we wanted, like, just something to kind of animate the text a little bit more. And I think, like, this was definitely enough. Yeah. Uh, and it was just this really subtle and, in some ways, simple, simple thing. Um it's also a little reminiscent of like don't starve uh, to me although don't starve i guess the the voices are a bit more pronounced and that they're like mm -hmm. really going on some instrument whereas this one they're like very subtle pluckings of something uh, or like rattling of something in a i don't even know like what all the instruments were but they were pretty subtle they also did cool stuff with uh animating the text uh yes. it was most noticeable with like karu because uh, his letters will like jitter and like twitch into other positions and stuff uh, and that did a lot to like uh, set the tone yeah yeah it definitely gave you that <clears throat> sense of like I don't know like just creepy I, for, for me it was like creepiness and mm. like definitely with like letters being off kilter because it's not even the word that's like tilted it's like one letter within that word that would just be like slightly off and you'd be like Ugh. like i don't know it it unsettled me for sure i think it they definitely really nailed that yeah it definitely gave personality and like a suggestion of intonation um that i thought was really well executed <clears throat> yeah. And like with exclamations, they would sometimes be animated slightly. Um, yeah, they'd like vibrate. Yeah, and maybe like get big and then small or something. Like they are, they were shouting it. And then during one of the major plot twists, um, like the text just moves way faster than it ever has <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Um, and it like really suggests that this the character is just like like info dumping on you because she needs to get this all off her chest um and it i don't know yeah, it worked she's really well kind of just having like an anxious stream of consciousness or something yeah exactly yeah like if i stop right. talking then i might fall apart so i need to just keep talking you know right <clears throat> And, like, you definitely miss at least the first parts of that text, especially if you mm -hmm. don't, like, you don't anticipate just how fast that's going to fly by. But it's, like, you still, you maybe it's it. credit to the writing in that way, but it's, like, you still are able to pick those pieces of dialogue that at least give you the context to, like, 
what she's about to reveal to you, right? Because, like, yeah. the instance in which you're talking, James, is, like, when uh, Aelin is talking about Tang being the father of her baby. And, Instead like, of her... Grub. Boyfriend? Fiance? Yeah, I, be partner, I believe I they're know. boyfriend. Partner? Boyfriend and girlfriend is what it yeah. sounded like initially. Um, Partners. But, yeah, like, all you really see, like, at least all I saw in that text was just, like, you know, like... Uh, Grob was away, very lonely, Tongue was there, like, and that's obviously, like, more is being said there, but, like, those are the bits and pieces that I'm able to, like, discern from that, and so it's just like, ah, all right, so Tongue is the father. I yeah, see. and, like, the text <laughs> scrolls up, it scrolls off screen, and you can't, like, scroll it back down, so, like, what the little bits that you glean from what's being said very quickly is like, that's what you get. Like, it's just what's in your memory now, you know, as though mm -hmm. somebody said it to you. Right. So I thought that was really well done. Um, and, uh, I mean, based on my experience with people who live on an Island, uh, accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, you're I've, new, I've, you show up, and suddenly you're in, in the middle of a soap opera yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there there was a, a saying about the people that lived on an island uh, that I've spent a good amount of time on, that every few years all the men move two houses down. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, one time... Uh, a guy caught his girlfriend cheating on him and um, waited until he knew that she was going to be in the the house uh, with this other guy. This house was on a, on a cliff overlooking the ocean and he drove his tractor up and pushed the house over the cliff. Oh my god, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How? And uh, the stone um, chimney is still there. Still no house. Holy shit. Yeah. They got out. It's fine. But. Oh, I mean, I mean it's well, not fine for him, but. Not fine for the property value, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean. No. <laughs> God. James, I want you to write a video game about that <laughs> island. <laughs> I would love. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you know, kind of like similarly to how my jaw just dropped hearing that story. Like, I I do have to say, like, there were maybe it's because I just am easily culpable to like soap opera like storylines, but I just felt like a lot of the story beats in this game, like maybe if I even foreshadowed it coming, like it actually being in action, like still either made me cringe or like made me gap, like. Obviously, like, when Aelin is just, like, tongue is the father, like, my mouth literally just kind of, like, gaped open where I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, oh, shit. Like, oh, no. Um, but there's another instance where um, everyone's going to be gathered at the bar. And Mew, since, like, she kind of hints to you that, oh, she's found this tape that she can't, can't wait to play at the bar. 
And and you also have some conversation about like if you knew a secret, should you like tell it? Um, because like life's too short, you gotta seize the moment or something. Right. So and yeah, I, I think I told her like, yeah, like life is too short. Like seize the moment. She's like, okay, well, cool. Like I had this tape at the bar. Like just make sure you show up tonight. It's and gonna be it's, like, great. <laughs> right. It's gonna be great. And you were at this bar, she puts on the song, and it's a song that Spike is singing about Claire. And both Spike and Claire are at this bar as well. And just as the song is playing, and as he's describing Claire in this song, and I'm just, like, sitting there, I'm cringing in my seat, just, like, advancing the dialogue, being like, no, 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 no. And he's, like, like flipping this. out, like, stop it. <laughs> Right. And I mean before before this like Claire has clearly shown interest in Spike and Spike has skinny dipped in front of Claire. And um <laughs> <laughs> uh and also like been I don't know, not not shown quite so obvious interest, but um so it's like it's not like fully unforeshadowed, but like, clearly this was a private thing that Spike did not want shared with the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm, so I was like, also yeah, even though... in pain. I know, and the hilarious thing is you open up your journal and you see, like, um, you see Kai's comments on it. And she's like, in all capitals, like, yes, couple of the year. Like, you know, can't, like, it's about time these two got together. And I'm just like... It, it kind of also goes to show just how much, like, I guess, like, Kai is a separate character from you, the player, in a way. Because, mm -hmm. like, that's what... I, I feel like that's how a 15-year-old would react in that situation, right? Where they'd be mm -hmm. like, wow, this is so romantic, like, revealing this, and oh, now they're gonna get together. But then, like, as an adult, like, I'm just, like, sitting there like, yeah, just like, this is private, this is wrong, like, this is not how this should be revealed. Fuck. Like... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know that they're, like, revealing these these feelings to each other is, like, maybe going to be okay in the long run. But, like, in the moment, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and also, like, Claire is uh, getting over the fact that her husband, like, abandoned the family uh, a long time ago. But, like, it's not something that you really get over, I guess. Um, get move moving past. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, she's still very like emotionally fragile, and like when you show up, she bursts into tears because you look like your mom, who was a good friend of hers. And so, so she bursts into tears when this song like reveals that it's about her, and she runs away, and it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Right, and if you go to Ew. her boat afterwards, like, if you go to her boat afterwards, she's kind of just staring, like, shell-shocked, and she's just like, I just need a moment to process. And, mm. like, in a way, the game does a good job of just not showing you if she's, like, stunned because she's, like, flattered or stunned because she's embarrassed or maybe it's both, like it really kind of puts a large question mark over that where it's just like, wait, fuck, was I reading into all of this all wrong? Was she just trying to be friendly? Like, oh no, like, what has happened here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it all feels very real. Like, mm-hmm. huge credit to the writers uh, of this game. Like, all of the interactions feel real. Like, Muse, like, not getting it feels real. <laughs> right. You yeah. Because she means well, right? Like, she just... You know, she's raised by Spike, and she clearly wants Spike to be happy. So it's like she does the next best thing to, like, maybe help him with that. And clearly crosses a line. Yeah. I I agree with you. Like, I, I really also just like how a lot of the conflict is handled in this game. Um, just in the sense that, um, you know, like, characters won't reveal stuff to you just simply because you're the main character it kind of like feeds into that whole thing of like you are entering these villagers town it's not that like you are the savior of these villagers in a way of like villagers aren't gonna disclose to you all of their secrets right away like um there is a bit much of like you're just hanging out in the doorway as they're having an intimate conversation (laughs) there is a little bit of that for sure and then I do my favorite part, which is after I eavesdrop, I just walk straight in and then, like, run around them being like, is there any interactable item in here? Nope. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah. I, I liked, um, in particular, um, like, with Muse's storyline, like, you, you go to her secret swimming hole and everyone keeps on saying, like, oh, today's a really rough day for Mew. Um, and you don't really know why. And I just appreciate that every time that you inquire about it with any of the villagers, like, the villagers just say, like, that's that's Mew's story to tell. Like, it's yeah. it's it's on Mew to, t- like, disclose that information to you. It's not on me. Because, you know, that's just always another hilarious thing that happens in video games, right? Like, I think some of my favorite interactions are, like, um, if you're in, like, uh... Like, for instance, in heavy rain, if you go to the hospital as a stranger, you just ask the receptionist about this one patient. They'll be like, ah, yes, this patient who has Alzheimer's, she's been here for 15 years. Her social security number is blah, blah, blah. Like, they, like, give you the entire life. Her house key is located in this. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it definitely kind of added to that, again, that groundedness and just that, like, I guess genuine nature of of just life where it's just like yeah the, these people are very tight knit and they're not going to just tell you shit because you ask them and it's a prompt that you can ask them in particular Although in I, I don't know if it is true to you but in my game uh Mew did not tell you the story it was in fact the bird person um oh Karu Karu that told me the story um, because Karu is also involved in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did that happen with you guys? No, Mew told me for me. Huh. I was going to say, I, I think Mew told me bits and pieces and then Karu showed me visuals. Yeah. I think huh. that confirmed it. Yeah, no, Mew didn't tell me anything really. Maybe I clicked stay silent when I should have clicked not stay silent or something. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, because it was Carew's son and grandchildren uh, that died, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mew's husband and children. 
Uh, oh, you're you're not saying Karu. You're thinking Yoke, right? Yoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry. I see. Oh, Yoke. so Yoke told you. I thought you were saying Karu told you. No, no, no. The bird person. Oh, so, okay. Yoke. Oh, okay. So, Sorry, I forgot Yoke, the names. Yoke did tell me. Is he a bird? Um, He's like an owl. I thought he was like, I don't know, a rat or something. Huh. Like a badger. Badger, rat. Maybe I mean, I... <laughs> I'm going nuts. I mean, it's possible. No, I I think you're right, though, James, because I actually do remember Yoke telling me some of that. Mm. as well um i think though yoke told me in the context of it being his son yeah and then Mew told me that like it was kind of like indirect inference where it was like he said it was his son and then Mew like inferred that she like was married to yoke's son so then i was like oh okay mm. so that stuff that happened to him happened to her sort of thing yeah. Interesting. But yeah, rough, rough stuff. Um, I really appreciate also, like, all of these like parental relationships that are like imperfect. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're really well told. Like, Kai and her mother have this interesting relationship where Kai kind of has to take care of her mother in certain ways. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but then, like, you see a little bit of Kai's mother's relationship with her father, and then your relationship with your grandfather and then like Mew's relationship with Spike, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of them in the game. And I think that they're uh, kind of central. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I do. It's, it's that, I think there was also, I, I thought the whole family dynamic with, Mori, Claire, and Tung was also just really well mm -hmm. kind of articulated as well, where Tung is clearly this kid who perhaps has, I'm actually like, does have anger issues for sure, but is also trying to get it under control because he blames himself for his anger issues being the reason why his dad left. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, like, him trying to, like, find outlets for that, trying to find, like, trying to find outlets, but always coming to things that his dad used to do. And then it's, like, trying to make those things his own. You know, Claire, who's just, like, trying to, like, deal with her husband leaving suddenly, trying to deal with a son, like, you know, tongue also trying to deal with her own feelings like with spike and everything and then you have maury who's just like seen a bunch of a bunch of stuff and she's also just trying to like keep her family happy and healthy and like but is also like quite the town gossip herself i don't know it just mm -hmm. all seemed very like very real watching them yeah. all together yeah Yeah. And yeah, I mean, 
we've, we've touched on a lot there, but I guess, uh, like, in a way, like, I just, I guess it just means to be, like, just more emphasized, just, like, the, I, I did just kind of like all of those, like, different, different dimensions and degrees of relationships that all the villagers had with each other, not just with you, the player. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably the most special thing about this game to me. It's just, like, the all the nuance in those relationships that's like it's it's a lot more depth to relationships than normally shows up in games if mm -hmm. games even have any relationships at all <laughs> right um, when all the characters aren't trying to date you <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah imagine i i did kind of feel like in a way like a character like Jella was very seemed very distant from the rest of the villagers in a way. Like I was kind of hoping for maybe a little bit more like community interaction between the two. I mean, there's there's the thing at the beginning where you're picking up a parcel from Claire to deliver to Jella. Well, he gives therapy to Bopek. I missed that. What? Yeah, so Bopek oh. goes down like if you look at like Jella's room. I don't know, Jella, Jelly. Um, it's like set up with like couches facing each other, kind of. And so Bopek comes down and is like, maybe I should do this. And Jelly's like, well, have you considered like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, um, I missed really that. Adorable. Damn, I should have gone down there more often then. Damn. Mm, yeah. I thought, Damn. I thought Jelly was actually a really interesting character and in that it's, it's like, somebody who thinks in a very different way like trying to figure out how to interface with regular people um yeah i don't know i like yeah, every time i joked with him he'd be like i feel like i should laugh right now but i must yep. say i do not understand <laughs> like okay no more jokes i get it <laughs> yeah Okay, so I guess he did have a little bit more interaction than maybe I was hoping. But I guess that's, that's like, I guess what you kind of miss, right? When you don't ex explore all that much. And I guess it's just, you know, that's just one of the unfortunate things that happens, I guess, if you decide to, like, open up a story laterally. is just eventually some conversations are going to get lost to the ether in a way. And, like, sure, that conversation with Bopek isn't, like, game-changing right but it does hmm. kind of give you that extra flavor like you said Raphael, of like how jello like interacts with the community and like the way that he supports someone like bopec and you can even probably in that instance tell like how bopec's feeling about everything like that's been going on and happening as well yeah. I just personally like Bopec's story arc of just trying to catch a fish and then finally at the end of the game he catches the biggest fish of them all. And then he wants everyone to hold fish skewers in the group photo. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> did did uh, either of you encounter like Princess and Russell? No, I didn't get there. Princess and Russell. So uh, let's I mean, see. I guess they're related to Dennis. Um, kind of. Okay, I guess looking I guess at I the do. wiki, Princess is uh, 
Dennis's wife, although you don't get a, a really clear sense of their relationship. She she lives in like one of the tubes in like the power room going she down. She was the one to asking Jelly. where Dennis was that yeah. one time, maybe. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I don't know. That was also a strangely interesting character to me. I don't know, like Really? Okay. Um It's hard for me to explain why, but it was like that was one of the ones where I like kept going by to like see if I would find out more. I was like uh cuz Dennis is like trying to convince her to come out and like meet the other villagers and be above ground and she's like, "No, but I like being in, in the roots. Why don't you come down here with me instead?" Um, yeah and then there's a period where Dennis is down there and they're just talking about like how it compares to above and he's like well there's not a lot of space down here and she's like but it's cozy <laughs> interesting um, yeah yeah I just kind of took that as like a deceptive side quest that never was, I guess. Because the first time I talked with her, she's just like, you know, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Kai. And they're just like, I don't I don't know you. I, I only talked to Dennis. Like, where'd Dennis go? And I was like, oh, okay, I need to go find Dennis. And found Dennis, talked to him. Wasn't an option to inform him that apparently his wife is trying to call him. So, <laughs> I, I, I did get one interaction there where there was an option to impersonate Dennis. I did not choose it, though, so... No, I didn't either. <laughs> mm. Well, when I get there, I'll uh, I'll try that option. <clears throat> <laughs> I imagine it will probably have some of the same outcome if it's anything yeah. like the other things. She probably sees through it or something. Mm. I I was curious if it was possible to on the boat trip with Mew and Tung, if you could blurt out the fact that you knew that Tung was the father of Aelin's baby or not. Um, just cause like in your journal it says like, oh god, like Tung is the father. I have to go boating with him tomorrow. Can I keep a secret? And like I chose all the dialogue options that would like mostly avoid somewhat talking about it but i was curious if there was there would be like an option where you would like accidentally blurt it out and like me would find out there as opposed to later hmm. Hmm. i'm not sure i, am I imagine right not. before that boat scene so should i do science <laughs> for the purposes of the podcast <laughs> i mean i'm I mean, not gonna that, do it now but i do think that is an interesting thing though so so my theory is that it's not possible and that Mew will only find out when uh grob like blurts it out the bar to everyone drunkenly um but I, I did find it interesting. I was like just watching this uh, conference that the writer gave the muter, uh, uh, the muter, the the writer of uh, Mutazione gave at a conference, and she was just saying how like while like they did want to play on the exploration of Mutazione and everything, like when it came to the player choice, they essentially chose to not give the player any true like game-altering choice um mm -hmm. only because they 
did not want to give the player agency to, like, destroy a community that already existed. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, you know, because there are, like, themes of colonialism in this game. And so I just thought it was very interesting that they kind of, like, also have that in a way, like, play into the dialogue options as well. Where it's like you, as an outsider, are not going to destroy this village that you are visiting. You know, you are, you're going to partake, but you're not going to destroy. I like that. I like that a lot. Um... It's been my opinion for a long time that players are shitty writers. Um, and if you give them choices, um, it ruins your game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, mean, I, I always feel like whenever there's a game that comes out that like has a bad ending, like there's always... I always feel like I see those YouTube videos of, like, you know, Detroit become human if you're a complete, total piece of shit the entire time. And you're mm -hmm. like, this feels bad, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, you have your, like, Mass Effect Renegade playthroughs and everything as well. Um, and so, I guess, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I said it ruins your game. I should have said it ruins your story. But... Um... If you are intending to have, like a very kind-hearted and community-driven message as this game does, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, I can only imagine, like, some some YouTuber coming out with, like, Utazione, if you're a total piece of shit, burn <laughs> down the village, and the tree doesn't get healed, and all the community members hate you, and... <laughs> God, that would just be a totally different message. <laughs> Utazione, destroy the island playthrough. The, the RD oh, percent no. run. Yeah. <laughs> this game is not designed for speedrunners. <laughs> yep. It definitely needed a faster run button for sure. I mean, I think that like fundamentally like this kind of game like just kind of feels bad to move around in. Um like, I don't think that... I, I think that you can't make it faster and at all. Like, a, and it'll feel better. I think that if you make it faster, then it'll just have a sillier-looking animation, and you'll still be frustrated by how long it takes to move across the screen. I think also, like, the... The, like, ambience of an area is really important. And so, like, by traversing faster you'd kind of get like whiplash on that yeah uh so and i think it is hard to find the exact right balance um yeah between like ambience and frustration <laughs> yeah um and, and I everybody think, like, has different tolerances as well yeah i think it's it's more the responsibility of the game to hint like how you should approach it so, like, for example, me exhaustively searching every area on every phase of the day uh, was not the right way to play the game. And that became clear after some frustration. But, like... The all-words playthrough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, on you know, the other hand, like, I'm, I'm not sure, like, how to really fix that in a good way. I'm, I'm sure there's some way to do it, but 
I did really want to find like those random moments between characters, and that was hard to do without just really exhaustively searching. Hmm. Right. Especially since they're so secret away sometimes, you know, and in sometimes in places that you don't quite expect. Like, I, I almost wonder if it would have been nicer if, like, maybe when you pulled up the map in the menu that there would be, like, character portraits over certain areas. So you knew, like, okay, I don't have to do the whole... 200 yard dash to the lighthouse this time around because no one's over there i can just mm. stick to this cordon here like i could maybe see that being a good way so that way yeah. also if you wanted to catch everyone's interactions you wouldn't like accidentally skip over an area like you know the bottom of jella's cave or whatnot I think they did do like some signaling where it's like from one area you could see characters being in another area. Like it was mainly noticeable when you were like in front of Maury's uh, stir fry. You could see like mm -hmm. back into the square and see if uh, like Yoke or Aelin was back there in the square. Uh, so maybe they could have done more things like that where like from the tree you could look down and see if anybody's hanging out by the lighthouse or something. Yeah. Possibly. Hmm. And I, I feel like they did try to hit maybe with, like, building doors being open and whatnot. But then again, there were a couple times where I'd go in through an open door and the whole place would be deserted as well. So. Yeah. The bar was very frequently deserted. Yeah. I, uh... I, I got over it a little bit faster than, than you of, like, checking everything. I started just kind of checking my journal, going there <clears throat> um, at about, like, day three. And that definitely felt good. Um, it felt like there was plenty of dialogue kind of on the way to each place. Um, in... Uh, in, in routing and I didn't really feel like I needed to explore past that, but that was also me trying to get it done, which I failed at. And, um, and, uh, like just trying to experience the game, you know, um, rather than trying to experience the whole, everything possible in the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I, that's not to say I didn't love the writing. I mean, I think that this is really great. Um, I enjoyed all yeah. the different characters. I guess I, like, unintentionally did a Games with Good Writing mini block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Which is always enjoyable. <laughs> Turns out good writing better than bad writing. Community-based yeah. <clears throat> narrative games. Hmm. Way to go. Hmm. Cool. Well, any other points? Yeah, I've been ahead and okay, doing a ahead. bit of research on the uh, on the developer of this game. Um, the writer for this game, Hannah Nicklin, is also the CEO and studio lead of the developer of the game. Um, as of like 
partway through the development of Mutazione. Um, the Digut Fabrique. It's Danish. Digut Fabrique. I don't know how to pronounce sure. it. I made that up. It sounded <laughs> kind of Germanish, but I don't. I don't speak either of those languages. Um, yeah, it seems like there's a, a lot of women in prominent positions in this uh, team, which is great. I feel like it, it that tends to lead to better games in in all ways, um, especially in the writing. Uh, more more voices is more better. Um, yeah. But yeah, shout out to them. Hiring women in game dev. Fuck yeah. It is it is nice to see like also yeah, like a, a head woman writer as yeah. well. Yeah. Um and in case you guys are interested, I'll link it to you guys in the chat, um, in the Discord. Um, and then maybe I'll link it in the podcast episode description. Um, but uh if you guys are interested, uh Hannah Nicklin did do this is the um I guess the conference that she spoke at. It's only 20 minutes. Oh, at GDC. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Just about her narrative structure of multiple middles as opposed to multiple endings. And Ah, that kind of narrative structure. That's really great. So it like expands out in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of like what she, and I kind of like stole, I didn't steal, but like, you know, a lot of the points are like points that she made where it's like, the A, B, and C plots, and the B plots are, like, the main driving force of the middle of the game. So mm. that is, like, the pregnancy storyline, and the, you know, the Claire and Spike crush, and the garden growing. Like, it's very interesting, her approach to these sorts of things, and just how it helps to, you know, ways in which it helped to, like, tell stories like that i just thought it was really super interesting so feel free to take a listen yeah i'll definitely Um, check that out yeah it's a great idea to listen to that hell yeah thank you yeah Um, okay yeah are we good to rate yeah yeah okay so Raphael will probably go last because he picked this game okay um, James, do you want to go? I know you sure, haven't finished this game. Yeah, but so far it's it's definitely a two thumbs up. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's a gold star when I'm like a little bit more than halfway through. Um, but I mean, fantastic writing held back by the fact that it's kind of frustrating to get from one side of the island to the other. But like it's it's pretty i so it's pretty much fine <laughs> um and uh yeah i'm really loving all the relationships as we as we discussed uh the one thing that i noticed right off the bat was um grob what what the the boat guy yeah grob yep. grob grob's boat i would not get on you cannot pay me to get on that boat somebody who relies on their boat for their like life for their livelihood and lets their boat descend into that condition 
is not <laughs> someone who I am willing to risk my life on. <laughs> and it's not a boat I would be willing to risk my life on. You know what I mean? It's like there's like your, there's your grandpa's rust. dying on an island yeah. that boat shows up and you're like hell no yeah no like i i there don't need to be two dead people in this cir circumstance like <laughs> you know it's like like but but for real like he he did not like he didn't paint shit like he like haphazardly repaired things like this is a fucking boat like you can't just let it rot out like <laughs> that's how that's how the water gets in um well so he did that. say his love was the sea not necessarily so he wanted it in his boat yeah fair <laughs> enough did he even name his boat it seemed like naming the boat was a big deal so i think I the fact know. that he didn't name the boat or maybe he did and i just forget but who knows <laughs> uh so that bothered me <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah docked I mean, it down from a gold star <laughs> that's right that's right it was the boat um but yeah i mean it's it seems great and you can play it on like so many different platforms um which is really cool including apple arcade um and switch so it seems very accessible um and it seems like it was designed from the outset to be accessible in that way, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, let more people experience good writing and games. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Zoe. I, okay. I did actually remember a few, a couple of things. They're pretty short that I wanted to talk about. I, oh, yeah. I could sure. do it as part of my review, but maybe yeah, let's go for to it. Discuss them. Yeah. Uh, so one of them is like. Since my current job has pivoted to being more related to electrical equipment, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to note that there was an extremely broad variety of relatively realistic electrical equipment in the background of this game, like different types of poles, poles that were clearly carrying like three-phase AC, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. So I think cool. there was a lot of like that sort of detail in the game. They'd also did it with the plants and the animals where they they were pretty clearly inspired by certain uh species um there was like a rhinoceros beetle in there um but they managed to do it like seamlessly with the really cool art style that they did so a lot of props on like those details yeah um as other... for the electrical as oh. for the electrical stuff i'm just nodding my head with the glaze expression <laughs> like yep sure totally realistic <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, the other thing was one thing that did bother me about the game is they really misconstrue, misconstrue what science means, uh, in this, like they set up this dichotomy between science and the mysticism that's set up in the game. And they say, they mention like, uh, my like scientific, or I, I was forced to challenge like my scientific understanding, but like that's what science is like science is a process of challenging understandings in light mm. of evidence and so that that bothered me a bit um mm. yeah like did you hope 
in some sort of way that there be more of a symbiotic relationship between like science and magic or i mean maybe just that like a, a scientist would incorporate that into their understanding of the world instead of saying well they, these two things are incompatible yeah i mean like if there's validity to mystical things then they should be tractable to the scientific process um and like okay so maybe the rules are changed in this area for some reason because of the comet or whatever uh that doesn't mean that like the scientific process doesn't work anymore. Um, like as long as you can have some notion of repeatability and falsifiability, which are pretty fundamental things, then science can do work. It and science definitely has failings and that is like, it's much harder to look at complex systems because uh, it's, it's this like hypothesis testing framework is a lot more tractable to like reductionist thinking. Um, so there are some failings, but it's not like you throw out science because some, like, some established, like, theories, uh, had contradictions in a scenario. Like, that's an opportunity to develop a better theory. Mm. Mm. And, and generally scientists are very excited to find out that something they thought was true is wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, all scientists would be like, dude, magic? Holy shit, let's look into this. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I hear you. I, I got the, the sense that, you know, despite the mysticism, the inhabitants of Mitazione were just being studied because they were mutants as well. It seemed like they were seen as specimens just from the get-go despite the magic mm. yeah so i think like yeah. the commentary on science it, this establishment of science this role in like colonialism that's on on point um but the idea that science just doesn't apply uh doesn't ring true to me mm. yeah i can see that oh, but anyway uh, I guess we can go back to reading. <laughs> no, interesting. I mean, I interesting points that you brought. I'm just st still trying to like digest it at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. Very interesting. No, it's a good point. I think. I mean, I I think that that's like a classic dichotomy in kind of this brand of fiction, mm -hmm. um, which I think isn't really fair to your point. Um, and only rarely are the magicians like seen as scientists <laughs> and like in this game, even the magician is a scientist basically, but, um, but he like gives up his science to become a, a mystic. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I like it. I like it as a criticism. Still yeah. two thumbs. <laughs> James is not swayed. <laughs> Zoe? All right. Um so I really love this game. Um I will say I I think the beginning of it I I think it's a very slow burn at the get-go. 
Like, I think when I first launched this game, I played about an hour. I got, like, the first, like, Welcome to Mutazione achievement. And then I was like, oh, it's been an hour. I'm gonna just be done for today. Um, and then I was playing it all throughout yesterday, um, just trying to, well, seemingly just to get it done for the podcast. Um, it took me a bit to, like, get back into it. But I think especially after you maybe grow like your second garden and as you start unraveling a lot of these B-plot storylines and you begin to see more of these relationships of this community and the members within, like, I, I really started to love and appreciate the story. And I loved going day to day, phase of the day through phase of the day. Um... Like, yes, the, the movement throughout the world just trying to get everything is very cumbersome. Um, which we, you know, we've kind of already reiterated. But um, once I actually found people to interact with and talk with, um, I just, I loved finding out more and conversing and getting to know these characters even better. Mm. Um just very, very well done with the writing. And I think, like, especially... And it's something I didn't really mention in the Citizen Sleeper episode, but, like, one thing I just really appreciate about these games is just that these games are all about connection and community. Um, not necessarily... And, and like, the, the connection that you as a player character has isn't just solely, like... A romantic connection that I feel like a lot of games go with. Um, it's all just about finding your sense of belonging within a group of people. And these games kind of go to show that it doesn't have to involve something like romance or something like a life or death situation to do so. Sometimes it's something as simple as growing a garden for somebody. Um, or something as simple as, you know, finding some uh, berries, basket of berries for the dots. Um, and I just really like games like that, just all, all about that connection and community. And I I liked the soap opera twists and turns that this, this game gave. Like I said, I, I, I had my jaw drop, I cringed, I was really invested in a lot of these characters and their hopes and their dreams and if an argument broke out between two of the characters i would make sure to check in on both of them after in the aftermath just to make sure that both of them were okay it was never really like there was like one evil person and one good person everyone had their flaws everyone had their uh perks and it's just like in the end i just wanted everyone to like get along um and i just think that's that like i said really good testament to the writing um you know didn't really i didn't mind the gardening mechanic i think it was a nice little addition maybe there could have been more to it um didn't really like i guess uh deter me from the experience um and i don't know i think overall i i'm gonna give it a gold star quite honestly i I really love this game, and I I connected with it in a way that uh, surprised me, uh, for sure. Um, like I said, just I, I I fell in love with just the sense of community that these people had, um, and you know when it came down to the end and Kai leaves to go back home, like sure she's gonna visit more, but like I, 
it was kind of one of those things where it's like I wanted Kai to come back and visit this community more. Uh, it wasn't simply like an ending, but a, like a to be continued. And I was very content with that ending for sure. Um, and so just really well done. Really happy with it. Don't know what more I can say. Music was bomb. Uh, there's a four hour compilation on YouTube that I listened to during work today. Awesome. It was great working music. Um, and yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Final rating, gold star. Tell it like it is, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as, as both of you said, like, the writing in this game was really, really incredible, actually. Um, and I think it, it was incredible in a way that is pretty different from, like, a, a other good writing that um, I've seen, where it's really just, like, focusing on this like mundane or flawed reality of like people people kind of miss things people mess things up people are just doing the best they can and it captured that in a really accurate and true feeling way um i also really appreciated a lot of the art um i've mentioned like the ambience in terms of the sound uh they have a lot of just like natural sounds in the background of like frogs croaking and insects buzzing and it fits in perfectly with all of the little bugs and birds and lizards that they animated uh moving around in the background there are a few where i was like wow that's a crazy caterpillar and like that is an experience i have had in real life in a jungle as well um so that was cool <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just, like, all the details that they put into the art of the background. Um, mm. I mean, I guess the, the boat was horrendous, uh, but, um... <laughs> it was, it was good-looking in a, in a, in an art way, but, like, not in a, you-have-to-get-on-this-boat way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of really nicely done, subtle details in the art like all over the place like the tree that you go up in the the houses of people like one of the things i notice is like on the stage in the bar underneath there's like miscellaneous lost equipment um <laughs> like a guitar that's down there um and and yeah so that that was really cool um that being said like uh i think i, I mentioned some of the the things that did not land as well for me, like the, the misconstruing of science that, that bothered me. I think it, it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, it's more like, uh, I feel the need to call this out because it's a very common misconception. Mm. Um, and so, but it's easy for me to move past it. Um, I think the, the gardening mechanic definitely felt like really half baked to me in, in this like weird way where there was like, they put so much effort into so many different plants and I don't know if you read, like, the um, plant guide that your grandfather had written. I, like, started reading it when I first got it. And then I got to see, and I was like, wait, this is alphabetized? Let me just try flipping through. And it was so long yes. that I, I put it away. <laughs> I did, I did I the, the same thing. I was like, oh, this back. is going to matter. Wrong. Um, the writing in it was, was good, though. Like, it was interesting. It was just like, 
I'm not sure I want to read like 200 pages of this. Yeah. Um, There's a ton. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is like also the first plant seed I got wasn't in there. So I was like, okay, so maybe this isn't even that useful. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. So I think they, they could have done a lot better on that. Um, just like fleshing it out into something more meaningful or making it clear i mean i guess part of what they were going for was like how your your grandfather isn't explaining things to you and getting you to figure things out but it doesn't really work to just figure things out if there's no effect like to experiment with like the effect is just some jangly sounds i don't know it it didn't really work um overall i think this game lands at a two thumbs for me um it's it's definitely not a gold star um but the writing and the art were really incredible and i i really enjoyed the just chill vibes uh the game had yeah nice all right so boat thumbs down otherwise <laughs> really good game <laughs> yeah yeah and play it. Perfect. Yeah. Because it's on a device that you have. Do you not have a phone? Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's on. Did everyone play this on PC? I guess it's on Apple Arcade, which I is did. like probably. But I mean, one. I definitely found out about it because it was on Apple Arcade. Because um, I don't know if I mentioned this like on the podcast, but like I was looking for a game. Like my boyfriend has Apple Arcade, and. Or trying to find a game for him where he could practice like uh twin stick like 3d controls where you're like moving and looking around um and so i was like okay let me look at the top games on apple arcade um a lot of the games in that list did not look like good games but i saw this one i was like that looks like it's actually a legitimately good game um and yeah and that's kind of how it came up there is cool. there is a fun game on apple arcade that i want to shout out it's called i think what the golf um it's maybe a golf game, question mark? I would hope so. It's, it's an adventure <laughs> golf game? Golf adventure game? Uh, I mean, you, you have to hit stuff in, in, in the ho holes? That's... Or else you die? No. No, <laughs> uh, no it's just... That... <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's, it's not always golf balls. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. It's it's fun. It's silly, and it's on your iPhone. Um, nice. Okay. If you want to spend yeah. the money on Apple Arcade. Yeah, I ended up recommending a manifold garden for him. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. I guess one other quick shout with Mutazione. Uh, how long do Beat's going to tell you? Six hours? It's definitely not six hours. So take with that what you will. Yeah. I mean, I think six hours is maybe accurate if you're every time you get some clue looking at your journal and doing exactly what the journal says. <coughs> um, but And nothing else. Yeah. If you're just like wandering around figuring out what's up and trying to find all the seeds, it's going to take probably twice maybe a, twice as long as that yeah and honestly i think it's a good setup for a mobile game actually um mm -hmm. 
like you can explore, you can kind of vibe, you can like play with a garden in for like 10 minutes, or you can progress the story, you know, and you can put it down for a week and pick it back up and see what's in your notebook. So, yeah, like it's, I did it's notice... great for that style of play, but that's not really what we do here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did notice afterwards also that when you beat the game, you start getting some letters and they're like time gated. Uh, so yeah. it's like the villagers are sending you letters about what they've been up to um, since you were last there. Uh, so I like read the, huh. f the first couple of them, but then the next one was like, it'll unlock in 24 hours. Uh, so. Yep. Yeah, that's and an that's interesting. four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> set your alarms <laughs> yeah i did th i did think that was a very interesting thing yeah because i think like you get tongues letter or something and then yeah the next one was like 24 hours i'm like oh but 24 in-game hours right and i'm staring at it and the number's not ticking down i'm like oh <laughs> 24 actual hours it is a mobile game <laughs> Yeah, it's got yeah actually if it was a true mobile game it'd be like unlocks in 24 hours pay 5.99 to get it unlocked now like, if it was no. if it was a true mobile game then you wouldn't be able to play plants to make them play music of plants to make them grow faster yeah it, it, in defense of like the real-time unlocks i mean i think what they're going for is kind of like spreading out your emotional connection with the characters and i think we uh, I don't remember if we talked about this in Citizen Sleeper, but I, I think like there is some importance in terms of like uh, spreading out the interactions to making them emotionally resonate. Like you can't just like have a dump of everything and have it work that well. Mm. Um, so I think there's some value to it. It's I, I don't know like whether I love it or whether I hate it, uh, but it seems like it could work, and it's interesting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think that's a good point. All right. But all righty then. So that ends it for Mutazione. And what's next for us? Well, we're off next week. And then Raphael has decided to also abandon us. And James and I can't hold down this fort on our own. Maybe we'll do a <laughs> TFT episode, James. I don't Ooh. know. Or we'll just play TFT ourselves. Ooh, I mean, we could, we could just, we could just chat about TFT. Hell yeah. And cry. I'd be down. We could and record a session of us cry. playing TFT together and put it <laughs> on the, the most podcast. silent episode. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. I'm dying. Oh God. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, instead of a let's play, it's like a, a, a listen along as we yeah. play. <laughs> and then what McCoy gets back content. and listens and is like, Oh, what terrible Guys, content. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we'll figure something out. But then, coming in two weeks' time, we will have started our Cameron dating simulator block, which I am so excited Where for. Where we will all be dating Cameron. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the, the intention that we had. He's got no say in this. Including the listeners. <laughs> Uh, you will also be dating Cameron. <laughs> Indeed. 
I, we'll we'll have to make sure we'll have to we'll have to send over the NDA to Cameron and make sure he's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're still working on the legal documents. Uh, yeah, but. indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, let's go ahead and hit that stop button. Ciao. The tyranny of thumbs. Yeah. <laughs>